Hey, wonderfuls, welcome to this special BOCO episode, Max Fun Drive 2022. This is BOCO for you, our wonderful, wonderful patrons, our supporters, our friends, our Max Fun family of listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm going to go ahead and say I comfortably feel like I'm thanking you from the bottom of everyone at Max Fun's heart as well. I hope you enjoy this BOCO episode of the JV Club with my guest, Ivana Lynch. She plays the wonderful Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter movies, but she is up to so much more than that and is so lovely and so compassionate and just everything you would hope she would be. So dig into this episode. Know we appreciate you and thank you again. early where you are it's 8 30 yeah but that's do you always work this early uh i will say i am on a uh podcast that sort of focuses on criminal justice reform and wrongly convicted uh people and my my boss uh is uh who is like this you know sort of um detective who is really advocating for folks and doing the um doing the investigating is uh is in Michigan. So he's three hours earlier than me. So every Wednesday at eight in the morning, I have to be, it streams live to people. Oh, so sweet. I really have to be uh, up and at them and awake and present. So I've gotten better about, you know, just sort of like getting up early and like understanding that I can't just roll out of bed and immediately be on, which is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a, hard, a hard lesson learned, you know? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I often think that as an actor, like you're not often trained for real life jobs. Like today um, I had a voiceover job and I still do that thing. And I think it was just from, you know, growing up being doing movies where I didn't, I, I had no idea where we were going in the car. And I just have this expectation, like there'll be someone on the other end who will tell me what to do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I've, I've had to, I've noticed lately like that people just being like, where are you going? And it's not normal to just be like, yeah, yeah, I can just get there on the day and figure it out, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, and well, and the thing for me, too, and I wonder if this is an experience that you've had um, as well, like sort of starting other endeavors, uh, because obviously you have this company and you've done, you know, you've, you're writing and you're, you're recording. But I, it's, sort of, it's almost like a different part of my brain turns off when I'm uh, acting Mm. or when I'm doing a convention or something where like the same person who is me who produces an entire comedy festival with my partners or knows to schedule my own podcast and where and set up the meeting and like follow up and ask you know have my questions ready or whatever that person is not present when I have Mm -hmm. like when I'm just waiting for a call sheet and so I feel like oh this isn't something I even have to think about because the information is going to come so late that I'll just Mm. have to respond in the moment or to your point someone else will know what's happening and with a convention like oh I didn't look to see what the hotel was going to be because someone else books that and then you get there and you're like I probably wouldn't have stayed here (laughs) like you know what I mean and and people are like well why wouldn't you take that on yourself and I'm like I don't know there's a different human being who is showing up for stuff that other people are taking care of than the same person who would take care of it myself do you know what I mean 
Yes, that's so well put. Oh. That's so it's exactly exactly. And like the thing is, I like to do the other jobs because suddenly you're in control and you 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 feel more integral. But it's like there surely is a way to bring that side more into the acting. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's yeah. a vulnerability thing. I wonder if there is part of the vulnerability of of not being in control that you sort of give over to that feels like a protection Mm -hmm. that would be more difficult. And also, I think, listen, not to just dig right into this immediately, but also kind of the female things is sort of the way we Mm. are kind of gently or aggressively conditioned to sort of not be troublemakers. Like the Mm. less you know on a shoot... (laughs) the less of a trouble you're going to be if you realize Mm -hmm. that something isn't right or if you're like, "Um, in advance, I've noticed that the way you've set this up doesn't make any sense. I understand that you may have reasons I don't know about, but I'd love to know what those reasons are rather than just being like, oh, I'm sure there's a reason for this. I won't, you know what I mean? Because I think that's (laughs) like, it's so hard for me to assert myself in productions when there's a lot of moving parts. I don't know about you, but I mean, I and it's again, it's not like I'm working with ogres who are, you know, actively, aggressively like stupid girl, shut up. Mm-hmm. It's not that. But somewhere <laughs> along the way, I really felt like, oh, gosh, I don't want to be a problem. Like, I don't want to complain mm-hmm. about this these shoes that absolutely don't fit as I'm running down this spiral staircase because that would be Mm. troubling to people rather than like Mm. I'm this hurts (laughs) I'm getting hurt do you know what I mean do you like you started so early maybe you in that regard did feel like you could advocate more for yourself because you were because you were an important because you're sort of made to feel like well you're starring in a movie. This the, your your comfort is important, mm, or no? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, but I think I just took a lot for granted, and I think it sort of created this dynamic where, to me, um, because I started like as a as a minor, as a child, you know, everyone was older, and and even though I was a professional, it was like they were very much aware, and it was a big budget movie. They were very much aware that these are the the children, these are the child actors. We have to make sure they have an education and are protected. So I think I still walk onto the set and I think I still have this child mentality mm. of like, oh, everyone else is an adult and you know, I'm just here to sort of play. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it, it's a bit of a, a bit of laziness, but it's also, uh, yeah, sort of fear of that you're not uh, equal to everyone else. And yeah. I don't know, I think the bigger the movie, the bigger budget, the more they do that to actors, the more they're like, oh, you precious little, you know, talent. Um, yeah, I, I don't like, I, I've, I've, I've tried to sort of fight it and push back against it in other things I've done, you know, to take more autonomy. But because, yeah, it, it has made me, I, and I think it was fine to do that on, say, you know, I started with Harry Potter with big budget movies. Was that your first it was fine to do thing? it on those. Yeah, yeah. Good gravy. That's, but, yeah, the big deal. <laughs> But yeah, but I didn't realize that, oh, on other shoots, you have to look after yourself a bit. You have to like, you know, watch your back a bit more. Not, I don't just mean like, you know, people are untrustworthy and because I actually really haven't had experiences like that. Right. But um, I mean, artistically, they'll, there's not somebody kind of going, this is a really big deal. Every element of this shot has to be perfect because they don't have time. They have to move on. So I, I guess I actually learned a lot more on on smaller films, seeing other actors kind of go, 
oh, no, no, I need to see my playback and being really insistent about that. Whereas yeah. I was like, da, 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 the adults will take care of it. It'll right. be fine. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely, I completely get that. And I feel similarly and yet I started as an adult so <laughs> it's hard to say because I it's so interesting I'm I'm actually really fascinated by this because you started so early that you felt like because you literally were the child coming to work on set and I started so late that it felt like fun to me because I had mm. had real jobs quote-unquote real mm. jobs by the way everyone who was wondering acting is definitely demanding and Mm-hmm. Once you realize you have to show up at four o'clock in the afternoon and just be up all night and be great, mm-hmm. um, that's work too. That's a lot of work yeah. and it mm-hmm. does weird things to your body and brain. Um, so it's absolutely a type of work. But from a sort of traditional perspective of someone like me who had to like balance inventory sheets and, you know, send purchase orders for mm-hmm. home furnishings um, in mm-hmm. my 20s, uh, as I got into my later 20s and started acting, it did feel like, oh, what? I'm just going to go do, I'm doing a play, but there's cameras. Have fun. Like, this is great. And so I sort of had the same attitude coming in as an adult as you Mm. did as a child, which is like, I'm just grateful to be here. I'm just here to have fun. Everyone else is working so hard. Here I am. No, 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 not. I couldn't possibly. No, I, I, I love this. And no, I don't, I would never ask to see something. I would never, I would never say, you know, wait a minute, you've like, you, you, this makeup is making me look like uh, the not the character in any way, shape or form that mm. it has been described to me on all in other, all other places. Um, mm. You know, so it's funny. It's like the way the way you come to something. I wonder who the person is who comes in and is like the Goldilocks in this situation who comes in and is mm. like, I'm a professional. I take care of myself. This is a big budget movie, but it doesn't matter because I've done X, Y, and Z. And so I know mm. exactly what to ask for. And I'm extremely responsible. And I take photographs of all of my timesheets in case somebody gets it wrong on the other side. I mean, that's another thing where I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody else got the check. Hopefully it was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. So did you not grow up auditioning and and all of that? Not at all. Not at all. No. I mean, I grew up, I went to public school, which I guess is different, like in the UK and and, in Ireland and Scotland, I feel. Is public school like more fancy? I feel like I asked this. Of someone else who I is it, who was who from England. Oh, it was Georgia. Yeah, Georgia I think King. it's a, yes, yes, yes. It's an English thing, isn't it? That's not the same. Okay. Mind, so if in Ireland, if you go that. to public school, you're going to the school that every kid, regardless of income, kind of goes I to, think opposed to like most a school. most people go to public school, okay. like I did. Um, yeah, you'd have to. I mean, only yeah, pri- they're private school, but private school is private school. That's yeah. for the higher echelons of society I suppose you would got it say. <laughs> got it um yeah so I just did that I just did stuff like that as a child in public school I didn't do anything extracurricular mm-hmm. uh, acting wise at all and then I it was my major emphasis in in college but in this oh, very wow. sort of last last hurrah sort of way like oh this mm. is never something I'll do for a living ever so I Aww. might as well just enjoy this here and now and then you know, move on and become an adult, become a grown up. Nice, um, nice. But I was very pragmatic uh-huh. about it in in like a reductive kind of like not fair to myself way. Because I was like, Ugh, mm-hmm. what do I how would I ever make a living doing this? I'm not that special. I'm not that, you know, talented. And so I sort of mm-hmm. made reasons for myself to not continue pursuing it. Wow. Um, where did you where when did you? Oh, 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Dueling hosts. Uh-oh. Dueling hosts. <laughs> Sorry. No, ask, ask. And well, then when did you decide? You. When did you kind of say, oh, right, cool, this is my real job and I'm going to go for it? Because it seems like you very much are that way in your career. You kind of pursue... You're, you're sort of in, I forget the feeling you're in the driving seat. I mean, you're hosting a podcast, you're doing all this. At what point did you go, yeah, this is it. And I'm just going to keep it, hustling. Yeah. I mean, it, it really took, um, like being coaxed into doing sketch comedy and improv through friends of mine at college, um, who sort of pulled me out of my work life to be like, you need something going on that's performative. You know, you're doing all this mm. stuff as a day job. And like, why, where's, you know, uh, why aren't you in a band anymore? Why aren't you doing sh- plays anymore? Why aren't you doing any of that? And then it took other people from the outside coming and like actively seeking out my shows to say mm. and like actively saying like, come do this showcase or come do this festival. You're funny why don't you come down to LA and audition for things? We will represent you and send you out. And even mm-hmm. then I was like, I don't know. This seems like, a, <laughs> this just seems like, and I really got into this very fussy San Francisco, um, which by the way, super justified as it turns out. But I really was like, I'm, I don't want to be judged for my looks. I don't want to be judged for my weight. I don't want to be judged on all of these things. Like I have a tattoo. How's that going to work? Um, you know, just a lot of sort of uh, very, like I, I was very focused on what I thought was um, very shallow about the mm-hmm, business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then once you start sort of working, um, which I did start working fairly soon after I, you know, came down like and slept on someone's couch, I sort of started having the experience of like, oh, oh, no, this is what I wanted to do when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like this is I do really oh. like this. And um, and you sort of, you know, whatever relationship you end up having with the stuff that is troublingly shallow um Mm. you have to navigate your way through that and I would think that that would be really hard as a young person um is that something that you well first of all where did you where 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 did you grow up in Ireland um County Louth it's a place called County Louth um which is on the east coast sort of uh, an hour north of Dublin Mm -hmm. and um yes deep countryside very rural lifestyle. There was no public transport, no way of getting anywhere. So we just had a lot of cats. At one point we had like 11 cats. And I think just because my parents just felt bad for us. I love that you said um, that almost as if cats replaced public transport. Like we had no public transport. So of course we had a lot of cats who pulled us in a cart uh, to the market. No, no, no. I mean like they replaced friends, which Understood. they do. Understood. Understood. Other children Understood. are not there. But I had yeah. my cats. Did you, and did you have a large family or no? You had cats. Uh, we had I had siblings I have siblings two sisters and a brother okay. um, but somehow we never really wanted to play with each other I think that's know? very common yeah it's yeah. like just as common <laughs> as, as it is not common um, which I guess makes it common but uh, and so how did you within a place like that how did you have the awareness of acting and the and, and the opportunity to audition for something and being so young and all of that like where did that come mm. into play yeah um I mean, I think it it wasn't. Re- I say it wasn't in my family, as in my te- my family were all teachers, are all teachers, same, all in education. Same. Interesting, really. Yeah. I mean, I love teachers. I think it's I such an honorable. I have a lot of guilt about not being one. Me too. I do. T- oh, seriously, I'm just like, oh, it's not. I can't complain because they just work so hard and yeah. they never, they don't get enough credit. Agreed. But they were all doing that. But there, there are some performers. One of my um, cousins is a, a choreographer, dancer. My mom's brothers are like writers. So it's a creative family. But 
I don't think performance was encouraged really in in my direct family, in my immediate family. But um, I, I've been asked this before, like, where did it come from? I honestly think the first time I kind of said, oh, I want to do that was when I wanted to um, become an actor was we go to church every Sunday, we go to mass. And um, every second Sunday they had children, they had what they call a children's mass. I think they still do it. Mm. And they had children performing scenes from the Bible. And sure. I just distinctly remember, and this was just like every Sunday, my dad was very religious, every Sunday, sitting there so bored and then watching those kids. And as I saw, you know, they were on the altar, but I saw as they were on the stage. Absolutely. And it was just this feeling of, that looks so fun. Why are we all just drearily sitting here? How how did they get up there and how do I join them? Yeah. <laughs> and it has always been that childlike impulse to me of, I want to be part of the story. I want to be where the action is happening. I don't want to be sitting here and uh, just staring in at them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, started going to that. And that sort of fed this idea that oh you you can you can do this like there are other people doing this those people on tv they're actors they make their living out of that so I, st- I would I started saying it to my parents very young but I was quite shy um but I just found such an outlet when I had you know a little story and a character it, it's it really just helped me forget about myself in a way that it still does yeah and so yeah started going to drama classes and I think I kept saying it and I think they kind of just felt like that's nice, you know, but but that's not ever going to happen. You might as well say you want to be a, a gnome, a fairy, I don't know, something <laughs> like that. And, um, so I was very lucky in that at 14, I and I had been going to drama classes, but I hadn't had any professional experience. Um, I, I heard there was an open audition for, you know, a character in Harry Potter. I knew the books inside out, and I just felt, yeah, I'm going to that. Kind of coaxed them to take me in and just got incredibly lucky and 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 got the role and um I, you know I don't know if I would have had the confidence to pursue acting in a family and environment like that where it's it wasn't that it was discouraged but it wasn't it was it, it was a very unusual route and it just I don't know how it would have happened otherwise and I think I probably I, I would have been worn down and I would have said yeah I should get a sensible job so I do I feel very lucky that it sort of set me on the path and it was you know, after that, it was conceivable that I could yeah. be an actor. <laughs> well, how long was that process? Was it one of those sort of like, I, many of us have experienced some version of this where it, it is like you do it and then you don't hear anything and then you, you sort of talk yourself into the idea of like, well, that was such a, what are the chances? Mm-hmm. And then and then you sort of get brought back and then like, was it this sort of mm-hmm. long process where they were trying to fit everyone together as a, as a unit or was it a more, a quicker process for you where, where it was like, no, you're the girl. Um, so I kind of have two answers for this because I started my campaign for this role basically as soon as she showed up in the books because uh-huh. I was such a huge fan and I just felt, oh, I just want to be part of that world. Sure. So I, I actually started writing like letters to the casting directors, made videos with my friends, that kind of thing. Um, years before, but, you know, nobody really ever read them. The, yeah. That was just, they had an address that I don't know. They didn't, it was just like a courtesy thing to be like, yeah, you can, you can email the cast. The right. cast you know, you can right. write to the casting directors. So in, yes, in one way it was took years, but in another way, it actually, when it came down to um, the announcement of the casting, open casting call to getting the part, I was so incredibly lucky. I had no idea back then. Uh, it only was two weeks because oh, they were due to start filming and they, they had actually like narrowed it down to a few other actresses 
And I think they just said, oh, let's do an open call and let's see if anyone else. And that I was just oh. so freaking lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you were um, ready, though. You were ready. And you felt that connection. I guess so, yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't always, obviously, I mean, I know you're the first person to say this. We can, obviously, we can't, many of us will feel a connection to something and that's not a guarantee. But of so course. that, of course, that is, it's lucky that you felt drawn to something that you so embodied so beautifully and that that was something that was seen, recognized mm-hmm. by other people um, in the same way that you felt connected to it, that that connection was sort of palatable to other mm. people so quickly. But did that also, like, what was your expectation? Again, not an expectation on a cognitive level, but on an emotional level. Did that, was that difficult? Like, were there other things that came after that, shortly after that, that didn't happen with the same ease? And was oh, there a yeah. part of you that was like, oh, well, like on a cognitive level, of course, of course, <laughs> of, course mm. of course, it can't always happen like that. But on an emotional level, that was my experience coming into this. So mm. I'm having to sort of reconcile like my heart and the sort of joy of like, and then it happened. It can happen. Mm. It could happen again with, mm-hmm. and, and will happen again with like, oh, it didn't happen this time. That mm. doesn't feel good. Yeah, of course. So, and I think I, I was quite naive. I was extremely naive, actually. I mean, I, t- I hadn't any experience of the industry because that's one thing, isn't it? Having acting experience and then also being familiar with the industry. And I just didn't have that. Um, so I thought, you know, I'd go for an audition. I, I, I would just think, uh, they'd get back to me. I'd assume I couldn't understand how, yeah. like, I'm sorry, we had a nice meeting and they're never going to tell me that whole ghosting <laughs> part of it. Um, so I think one of my first auditions, uh, post the Harry Potter, um, getting that role and it was while I was doing Potter was uh, for Alice in Wonderland for Tim Burton. And I love Tim Burton. I was a huge, huge fan. And I, 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 I just thought, I was so shocked and offended that I didn't even get a callback. Yeah. I remember saying to my agent, what? You know, like I didn't get a callback, like the naivety. And they were like, uh, no, that doesn't, that's just not normal. That You don't just expect those things to go that way. Um, so yeah, I had a very rosy view from my first experience. And that was, I was very quickly disabused of that <laughs> being the norm. Right. Then. Um, but I, I do notice a difference. Like if I go for a role and it's like, oh, this will be good for my career. This is a strategic thing to do, blah, blah, blah. It, that's all ego. You know, that's all me thinking of myself. Whereas there have only been a few times in my career where I've gone for a part where I just fall in love with the character. I, I put myself aside, like just, I have this sense of, I want to do right by this character and mm. I feel like I can. And that just doesn't happen very often. But um, usually when it, does I usually get that part yeah and that you know it just feels like a match it's meant it's meant to but there's all there's all been a few times where I've had that real strong connection I've did you know did the whole campaigning for the part written letters really put my heart into it and didn't get it and it's just like oh you never know it's yeah yeah you just have to it's I'm you know as as an actor you have to put your heart out there and and then you have to put your thick skin back on Um, It's such a dichotomy, isn't it? It's such a dichotomy. But it makes me so glad to hear that. I mean, in a way, I guess I would imagine, again, I keep going back to the idea of being an adolescent while all of this is happening. And that just that just seems so hard to me because my own kind of understanding of who I was or who I wanted to be or how I fit in the world who I felt seen by, um, artists that I felt got me on some level and wanting to have that sort of 
exchange with someone who's you're just a fan of like you know mm-hmm. kind of all of that stuff was and and then relationships and attraction and you know where my what's what's happening with my body all of that kind of stuff um for i think for those of us who weren't in the public eye during that period of time um i don't know many people who when they really think about it, who envy that? Like, we mm. might envy wanting to be in a movie we love and go, oh, my gosh, mm. you got to be in that movie. I love that movie. But when you really strip it down and go, yeah, but still, like, imagine being 16 years old and imagine how you felt at 16 just by virtue of your hormones. And then imagine sort of like having the responsibility of being a piece of this giant thing that everyone Mm -hmm. has expectations about or, you know, I I don't know. That just seems like a lot. Um, Did you feel the weight of that or was it like, you know what? This was my experience as a teenager. I didn't have a different experience as a teenager. So I can't I can't tell you what it would have been like if I had just Mm. been going to school and not working as an actor. Um, well, I did, uh, you know, so because sometimes I, I never know whether to apply the term child actor to myself because I wasn't really a child. I was 14. I had a few years of being a teenager. I, I definitely miss the, the later, more fun half of being a teenager where everyone starts dating each other uh-huh. <laughs> um, and socializing and all that and be, kind of becomes who they're going to be uh, a little bit. But um, I was on the way. I wasn't like completely innocent about what was going on and and I also um I also had been a you know a huge fan of the film so I I, I knew about that I'm so, sorry I'm sorry I'm getting sidetracked what what was your question I don't know there? that's my that's my <laughs> number one thing I do wrong which is like is it? say 18 things and then sort of kind of twist the end to sound like a question oh no <laughs> no you did and then you expect did. someone to be like sure let me tell you let me no, answer you, oh, each of those I know what your question, I know what it was it was about uh feeling the weight of it the the, the pressure um I, I think we were very lucky as well on Potter and that the timing was right before you know the internet kind of kicked in mm. I think there was the start of those social media sites like literally there was this I remember coming home one day from being on set and people being like, join Facebook. You know, it was that it was right on the crux. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't everywhere. There was like very much two worlds. There was the onset world, which was just about the storytelling and um, kind of just exploring the creative side of it. And then there was uh, a few months later, we'd go to the premieres and we'd go on the press tour. And that was like very surreal. Um, but but it felt it felt like that. It felt surreal. It felt like, whoa, this weird little world that we kind of dip into. And oh, for like a month in the summer, our pictures are on the bus in London. Cool. Um, yeah. But it wasn't like sort of ever present the way it is, I think, for young people now, it's young actors now who get. And I'm I think I'm grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. that's a really important distinction. You're so right. You're so right. So what so when you say you missed out on on sort of socializing and that was your schedule so rigorous as as a teen that you weren't ever you weren't like there was just no way to sort of go and be at a school um, in a traditional sense like, oh, I was able to do the fall semester. But then that was that like, I don't even know how that works if you're in and out (laughs) so much. I mean, it seems like it would be hard to dip in. And sort of, mm. you know. Um, yeah, we did have we did have definitely time off. The because of you know the um, the n- nature of the of Potter with so many actors and also so many very very high profile actors, 
usually the younger actors, our schedules were kind of at the mercy of the more sure. established ones. Sure. <laughs> like they were just busy, busy. Um, so we would be filming two days here, then two weeks off, three days, three, you know, it was all little, little bitty parts of filming. And um, the more it went on, the more I chose, and they were very kind, the producers, they, I chose to just stay on the sets because I, I didn't like the disruption and um, I liked just being on the sets. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I did get, I did get school, but I just, I was so dissatisfied really as soon as I, because I, I, I went from living in Ireland in the countryside to living in London by myself well not by myself I had like a chaperone but she was my older cousin so it just felt like I was living this more independent older lifestyle and then I would go home and I'd just be like ah I've done this already so um yeah I I I had it but it's only in the last few years really where I've gone like oh I think I missed some social skills that I dismissed back then I thought I was I thought I got it. I thought it was too cool for all that. But um, I'm quite awkward socially. And I sometimes think, oh, if I'd stuck around, maybe I, I wouldn't be. <laughs> but maybe you would be. Do you know what I mean? Maybe like, I who, would be. It's so yeah. hard to know. It's so hard to know, like, conditionally how, you know, like, oh, I, what if this had happened? It's like, I don't know. Sometimes we're just we're just going to be who we're going to be. And, and mm. that's, you know, and there's just no getting around that. And that's a good thing. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think awkwardness, anything that brings that kind of humility to a young person, I think is probably not a bad thing. Like certainly mm. not to the degree that I w- would ask for anybody to be bullied or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I would not change the bullying that happened to me because I do oh. feel like I'm so much more empathetic than perhaps I would have been. And maybe that's not true. Maybe I would have been just as empathetic and I could have lived without, you know, not wanting to go to school because I felt mm. sick about going to school because someone was mean to me. Um, maybe, but I feel okay. Um, and so that's always the balance that I'm thinking about with younger people too, is like every part of me wants to protect every person from any bad thing ever happening. But oh. at the same time, at That's the same time, you, the you sort of have to feel. <laughs> no, to. but like I wouldn't like I like, you know, I mean, I think that's and I'm not a parent. So but I, but if you have that that feeling of like, oh, God, that thing that happened to me just gutted me. Uh. But then you come out on the other side of it and you go, gosh, I wouldn't like I'm so grateful for the person I am. Um, mm. And 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 part of that has to does mean like not being a person who nothing bad ever happened to. Um, And it's so hard to balance. It would be so hard as a parent to try not to want to be like, let me stop this thing from happening. Um, And to try to be like, oh, no, she's going to be stronger. He's going to be, he's going to be a deeper, more textured, more empathetic person on the other end. Like, where do you step in and where do you let it happen? I don't know. Mm. What were you going to say? Can I ask then, well, because you saying that you feel you want to protect everyone and, and not, you know, make sure that they're okay. Obviously you're in a place in your, your position, the roles you've played, you must get, cause I know I get so get. many young people coming to you, telling you their struggles. And I, I'm, I have no idea how to handle it. Like it's, it's, and I think because, uh, you know, social media is still a new thing, having all this access to people. Yeah. But, and I feel really bad about it. I, I still, I, I feel like I need to figure out a system and I'm just curious to know how you handle it because I'm like, I'm at a point where I'm like, I just don't 
I don't read them. I don't listen to you them. Can, I don't know. You have anymore too many. It's, you have too many. You have well, too many and you've had it for too mm. long. I don't I feel like there's there are there are periods when it becomes it feels unmanageable for me um, if there's enough of it. Um, but a lot of the time it's like, you know, when it first when when the show first was airing and stuff, most of that would come you know, yes, by virtue of letters, like actual paper letters, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. so sweet and lovely and still happens f- from time to time. Um, but I think that that is the hardest. I totally get that that would happen to you. And also you're younger than me. So being as young as you were and and right away having people just a little younger than you and in some cases, I bet older than you um, talking mm-hmm. about their experiences or feeling like they need to because they do feel like you played a character that makes them feel seen or even just your online personality or the personality that they that they detect in interviews um, that you do seem so compassionate and so empathetic and that you are somebody that someone would look up to and go, you know, oh, I really I had this thing happen and I really want to share this. And I think mm-hmm. this 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 girl is 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 somebody who I think would really understand and empathize and make me feel seen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I mean, again, I don't know what I would have done had I been even, you know, 18, 19, 20 and had that much exposure to other people's stories and other people's heartbreak. I don't know. I don't know if I could have handled it again. I think like the you know, I I was old enough when I got a role that really did sort of like turn that on in people um, that I. I do feel like I was able to sort of I mean, I was already doing the podcast, you know, and I was and I would get letters about people from people about themselves because of the podcast, which is even more personal than playing a character Mm -hmm. that people identify with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's just only so much you can do. And I think that is really hard. It's really hard. And and someone like you getting I, I just can't even imagine the the amount. I mean, even if it were for me, even if it were like 10 a week, which it isn't for me. I would be like, I don't, I can't, I mean, I can't create mm-hmm. a personal relationship to each one of these people because mm-hmm. I have a responsibility, not just to my own health, but I have a responsibility to my relationships that your already family, exist. Your friends. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think that's, I think that's the, the, the thing I would say is like the thing, if there's a way for you to be able to communicate, like the thing that you, that you might love about me or the thing that, that prompts you to want to send this to me is is the thing that also makes it hard for me to to bear a lot of of this Uh, and the thing that I I know because you feel this connection with me you must like perhaps you can understand that like I have to take care of of the people that I'm I'm close to and that's and that's and that's in many ways the hardest thing about my job is that I'm exposed Mm. to so many wonderful souls and I Mm. feel and I'm reached out to by so many wonderful human beings and I wish that there were a way for me to have relationships with each and every one. And, and and that can't be. But please know that, like, the fact that I am being the person I am that prompted you to write this, I'm still that person. And that person is emanating out this love that mm. I can't exchange with you on a one to one basis. But it, mm-hmm. it's out there. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's out there. Like, I'm yeah. like you. You feel me because we are like this. This isn't a lie. Yes, it's do you know what you. I mean? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, and exactly. so you can't That's do that with every it. person. But you're mm. doing but but your book and, you know, wanting to help protect animals and have, you know, and, and be that fierce voice for for that compassion and mm. um, all of that stuff. 
like you're doing it, you're communicating it. And the fact that you can't have that one to one relationship with every person, I think, is just like it's OK. It's not it's mm. it's it's just not the end of the world. And it's not the end of that person's world. No, um, it's true. You know what I mean? And I Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's so nice to hear you say all this because it's like it, it's not talked about. Nobody kind of trains you for it or. And, um, and it seems like a weird complaint, like, oh, all these people, they yeah, love well, me. They just love me so yeah, much. It's not, like, that's not what you're <laughs> saying not at all. Exactly. Of no, course and it's, not. It's a, what you're saying of the more real I've got, you know, so say my book was probably the most me, you know, this is not just a character, this is not somebody else's work. And I, I've had so many amazing messages and I'm like, oh, we'd be friends, you know, but it's just like. There's, there's too many people now. there, and, and that's a beautiful thing. It's like, wow, there are all these kindred spirits out in the world. There's no need to ever really feel alone or, or isolate yourself because they're out there if you, if you speak, you know, your inner truth. But yeah, it's, it's too much now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, uh, it's, it's a nice place to be. But also, um, yeah, I don't know. I, and I've had this at conventions a lot lately. I, I keep meeting like young girls who... Well, usually it's Luna who meant a lot to them, who sort of sure. made them feel understood or um, just supported. And they get so upset. And I, 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 I almost feel like I have to stop doing conventions because they write me these letters. We have a lovely moment. I try to be very present. But then I, I, I don't write back anymore. I used to. Yeah. But um, it's like all or nothing. I don't want to be insincere. And I don't, if I can't go deep with you, I don't want to go there. Yes. So, um, I think, I, I think, I think, I think you're doing it right now by talking about it here. And, and if you do conventions, say it in your panel, like just keep mm. pushing out. I think that's the messaging. The messaging is like, my heart is so full of all of this. I can't, mm. I can't, I can't stand up underneath it unless I tell you as a group, please know, I get your letters. I read them. I appreciate them so much. You probably mm. won't hear back from me because just imagine if you had, you know, again, not to say this is like it's a lovely problem to have. You're so gracious, mm -hmm. Evie. You're always going to put it in the terms that people are going to relate to and, and appreciate. And I think if that's <clears throat> part of your kind of the public identity that you do have is like, let me tell you what the hardest part of my job is. It's not being able to write back. Mm. Then people mm. will hear that. I think you people hear that. You can't control. Mm. Of course, there are going to be people who are they need help and they're hoping mm. that you're their help and you're not. And that's that's mm. that's its own category. And there's nothing you can do. And they and mm. probably and for the most part, I think people they move past that. I think yeah. most people mm. do. The problem is, is that we are so conditioned to find that one example of the person who seems not to have that you feel like, oh, gosh, how many more people are there that are broken in a way I can't repair them, but maybe <laughs> they won't get that help. Like that's a spiral and that will mm. keep you from being um, to able to touch all of those other people. So mm. I think that's yeah. that's part of it, too. But I think, yeah, just putting it out there like, oh, my gosh, like the, the hardest thing about this job is getting to play this character that meant so much to so many people. And it meant so much to me um, mm. that I, I can't I can't have that one on one communication. And it's exactly for the reason you said I can't mm. go deep with everyone. And 99 percent mm. of people understand that. I really believe yeah. that. Yeah. And, and I've even had and, people come to me five years later, having grown up a little bit and say, I sent you an email on which I was very upset that you didn't answer my other email. And I'm so ashamed of that now. 
<laughs> because of course you couldn't write back. Okay. Like wow. I even get that. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Where people are yeah. like, oh gosh, what was I thinking? I was 14. They've of course this, I thought. Of yeah, course yeah. I thought she was going to pick up the phone and call me. I gave her my number. Like, and then they sort of get past that and go, oh no, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I'm not, I think I have to make my peace with that too. That sometimes maybe I'm some people's hard lesson. You know, Maybe. like the way other people were for me in that um, I, I started to, you know, meet a lot of actors I admired and um, and I would think, oh, we're going to be best friends. Oh, we're going to have this legendary friendship or more, you know, and it would and they'd be polite. And sometimes it was just them being polite. That was the most gutting, hurtful thing. Cause it's like, oh, it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> so it's like, I know that you can be super nice and you can be present in the moment, be kind to people, but it'll still break their heart. And you can't really do anything about that. You just, you know, you can't control how people react to you or their 100%. feelings. Like that's, a, yeah, you just have to take care of how 100%. you are in the moment. But, yeah. And again, your output, that's gonna, that's part of your output. Your output is like, mm-hmm. I'm sharing this and and know that I, I, I trust you, the person who wrote to me, I trusted you enough to share my story and you're mm-hmm. the person I was writing it for. They're just a lot of people. It turns out there are a lot of us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it kind of wonderful that that I play this one character? I didn't create this character. I was just lucky enough to embody this character. But isn't it kind of wonderful that there are so many people like us that I can't even write back to them all? We're not Mm. alone. Mm. We're not alone. You may not find a response from me, but you might meet somebody else through a fan site of people who love Luna who becomes your bosom friend. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. this, I'm just a conduit that helped yes. you yes. get all of these people who these similar, soft, sweet, wonderful hearts. Like yeah. I help if I, maybe I help you find someone else who, you know, is again, just like, I'm just the, I'm just the front of this, but behind mm. me, there's all of this happening and all of these reasons why this is relatable and, and, and find each other, Yeah, you know? You're going to be yeah. better than I am at this anyway. I'm off doing this other thing and I don't have, you know, well, who am I? I'm just me. I wrote my book. Here's <laughs> here's that. But you, you're all out there and mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to make real connections in, in life and be present to each other. Like, just let me be like, you know, the thing that the electricity runs through. Mm, that's lovely. You know? Wow. Very visual. I love that. Yeah. I um, do, I do. I mean, I now I feel like I've overdone it with the amount of advice no, giving no, that I've no. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. Okay, here's what I want to do. I am realizing right now that I've had you on the, uh, the phone, the phone, I'm an old lady, um, <laughs> that I've had you on the Zoom for so long. I do want to play this MASH game, and I and I want to give oh, it the great. time it deserves. Um, and it's always a fun uh, additional window into... Um, the 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 loves of of a, of a person. So let mm-hmm. me start out. Look, I'm gonna just start out. What is real softball? Um, this uh this is a category we're gonna start with that is three um characters from Avatar that you would love to just be able to hang out with somehow okay. in life. Whether that means you're going into that universe or they're coming into yours. Um, just the like sort of um. The sort of like nugget of their soul is like this character that you can sort of hang out with. Three from Avatar. Ooh, oh, any three from Avatar and Korra. Uh, I'm going to say just from Avatar for this just one. Just from Avatar. Uh, Uncle Iroh, obviously, it's an easy one. Um, 
Probably Aang. I mean, Aang's lovely. I, I, I'm picking a lot of similar characters. Nothing um, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. What are you going to do? Throw Azula in there? I mean, what? What are you? Gonna do? <laughs> oh, what are you going to do with Azula? Am, oh <laughs> my god, I find her fascinating. Oh, she's brilliant. Absolutely. Let's just not let her do anything to you. <laughs> she, you're you're going to be safe. Nothing. I just don't want her to toy with with you. Those are because okay. I'm always so fascinated by those people. And then, and then I think about people like that in real life. There's, you know, versions of that sort of person in real life. And I'm like, mm. I just am so I would be so afraid that I would get on that person's bad side and would just be mm. like powerless because their brains work differently than ours. They just mm. do. And that's not their fault. But people who just like, oh, you can't you won't even really understand that you're hurting someone the same way I understand on such a fundamental level, like because mm. my wiring is the way it is anyway. Yeah. But I love the idea. Of but you, by the way, I feel really like, bring something saying- to Azula. Well, uh, and I, I'm putting us in a context that we're all just having tea. Okay, so great. I'm sort of like, how great. bad can it get? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I don't Fair. I don't expect to have any major breakthroughs with her, but <laughs> and we just have a pleasant conversation. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Uh, next category. Let's do three places in the world that you would love to have a little getaway home, and that could still mean being in the center of a bustling city, um, but that you would love to have a home that you could sort of just teleport to and just sort of be there. Uh, any place in the world three oh uh anywhere in the world well definitely france i really i actually ultimately want to move to france so oh, i feel you a thousand percent <laughs> do you would you have special areas in france that you particularly love mm, south of france somewhere yeah maybe Arles, maybe yeah. bordeaux yeah i i have i would love to have like sort of some sort of beautiful tree house tree house house and just you know a nice garden that's all in in tune with nature yes. so there love it um maybe a place in 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 wicklow county wicklow in dublin that's where it's very beautiful scenery and it's quite near to dublin near enough to family great <laughs> if i'm picking three places and then also london i just london is my favorite great that's where i totally live um, I'm going for the London Comic Con in a couple of weeks, and I'm Ooh. so excited. I mean, it's been so long since I've like, I mean, I've been to Canada um, since the pandemic, but it's the first time mm-hmm. I will be on like, you know, an international flight where I sort of come out oh. to to Heathrow and sort of go, ah, oh, yes, that's right, okay, <laughs> like mm. I'm in an, I'm I'm in another part of the world. I'm so excited because I love traveling so much, and it's just been such a long time. Feels like it's been longer than it has since oh. just being able to like be somewhere and and you know um yeah and, and my, oh, fun. my You'll have a sweetie's great coming yeah and we're gonna go to like uh, we're, we will go to france and then some of it we're still just kind of figuring out which again feels so like ooh, like the crap mm. like the energy of like oh my gosh what like this is we're, we're going to a place where it's really easy to get on a plane or a train and be somewhere else it almost feels mm-hmm. like too much like oh the burden of too many choices <laughs> Um, cannot wait. Okay. Uh, next category, let's do three skills that you, uh, either have right now, but would like to develop further or three skills that you feel like you're miles away from even touching. Um, but that we can sort of give you overnight. You wake up and you're like, oh, concert pianist. Don't mind if I do. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. Um, my current obsession is all things circus. I just (laughs) love it. I do it all the time. I love it. I would find it hard to pick one discipline, but let's go with hoop. Okay. that is my first love. So aerial hoop. 
Uh, I would really love to be fluent in French. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd really like to have a nice voice. I'm sure everyone says that, you know, a good singing voice because I don't. And uh, I just don't think you can really work at that. I think it's one of those gifts. You have you ever taken get. any voice lessons? Mm, By the way, yeah. I say this as a person who's never taken any. Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, aha, I also thought that. But then I did take voice <laughs> lessons and now I feel great about my voice. So I'm always I'm, I'm, I'm always ready for someone to say that. I never know. Next mm. category, let's do let's do three magical animals that you can have a relationship with. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to like cart them into your world or that you mm-hmm. have to live in that one. But in this in this alternate universe we're creating, there's a way for that to happen in a in a in a natural, organic and wonderful way. Three magical animals. It can be very specific animals, like people, characters that we know and love, or it could just uh-huh. be a dragon or uh, whatever. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Oh, the lion turtle. Come on. Yeah. In Avatar. Yeah. Does everyone say that one? No. No. Oh. I would say overwhelmingly turtle duck is. Uh, well, first of all, I don't usually. Really? This is not a category I do with everyone. Isn't just it? anyone. Okay. I should say with just anyone. <laughs> um. I don't. I would say lion turtle is is uh, rarer uh-huh. on the rarer side. Okay. Wonderful. Can they talk? Sure. Yeah. Great. Um, I'd love a, a talking horse. Great. I just feel I don't. I don't. I don't know if I. I don't necessarily agree with horse riding, but um, I just feel a bit sad for them. But I. I would love the idea of like an animal companion where you could sort of travel the world together and talk to them. And I think probably a horse would be the most practical. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. I don't have a lot of experience riding horses, but some people seem to have this like amazing relationship with their horse. Absolutely. Where their horse is like, like, of course, let's go somewhere. Like you don't weigh anything to me. Let's do this. It's so, yeah, it's... It's just when I watch horse racing and I'm just like, those oh, that's things, different. they didn't consent to this. That's different. That's so stressful on them and that's, pushed, that's yeah. very different. That's very yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, and then the third. Um, third animal, magical animal. Um, hmm, just thinking. So I've got the lion turtle and the horse. I don't have anyone with wings yet, do I? Mm-mm. Um, Hmm. <laughs> um, or the ability to fly, I guess. I mean, you know, you could be a sky bison and not have wings, but still be able to fly. So, oh, I d- I wouldn't have bison. They're so yeah. messy, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, every time Appa so sneezes, much I have hay, to look away. So much hair. Yeah. My allergies would be on fire. Yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Um. Yeah. Oh, let's just go with um. Oh, but a dragon would be good too, but they feel a bit unpredictable mm-hmm. and then the other animals would be in danger. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. go with a phoenix. Great. Uh, okay, next one is three foods that in this reality perhaps uh, feel like e- e- sort of ecologically irresponsible or, oh my gosh, I used to be able to just eat a giant sheet cake and I can't do that anymore, but it would just be wonderful to be able to do it every once in a while and not have it make me feel sick. Or it could be a oh. thing that you had once, like, oh, and this, you know, I was in the south of France and I had this perfect um, buttered baguette that had, <laughs> you know, but I was like, but I'm vegan now. But in this world, in this world, um, you know, you if you anything. if you love the taste of meat, but like you would never eat meat again, this is like they've perfected mwah, the perfect. You know, oh, this wow. is a thing that t- okay. this is the best cheeseburger that isn't a cheeseburger you've ever had. So you sort of wow. breaking all the rules because nothing bad comes of anything you eat. Um, That's great. And again, up to okay. and including like fat, allergies, sugar high, 
all of that kind of stuff too. The simplest to the most complex. Uh, three foods, and you're gonna eat. This isn't all you eat. You can just have it at the snap of your finger whenever you want, wherever you want. Is it is it weird if they're all types of chocolate? Not at all. Oh, that Not like that's the thing I fantasize about as a vegan. Where I'm just like, oh, I miss Terry's chocolate orange. I don't know if you have it in the US. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. That's oh, another you? one that you crack it. And yeah. Then you, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yes. exactly. I even love. We, that, I don't know if we have that here, but I've certainly had it both in it's I want to so say good. New Zealand and in the UK. Yeah. Chocolate I'm going to stop talking about it because mm. I'm going to make people want it, and I shouldn't be doing that. Okay. <laughs> that Kinder chocolate as well. Oh, yeah. nothing compares. And oh, let me see. What do we not have? We've veganized a lot of things. It's been True. pretty good. Same with gluten free. Like yeah, that there's a lot that really? I'm so grateful that is uh, that they figured out <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, Maltesers. We haven't got good Maltesers yet. Oh, chocolate. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> mash. So the mash game, uh, as it exists traditionally, always has an element of romance. So Aww. three people that, that with which you have some romance. It doesn't mean that I'm committing you to them for life or uh, it could even be just like an, a, a romantic evening or a romantic train ride. I don't know. But three people. And it could be living, dead, characters from books, cartoons, the sky's the oh limit, no judgment. Three people that you would love to have some romance or sexy times with. Oh, Okay. Um, out of every show or anything, um, oh damn! I wish I'd had more, put more thought into this. Um, let me see. In that I didn't give you any notice that you needed to think oh. about it in advance. No, it's okay. Oh, <laughs> my top top crush, fiction wise, is um, Tintin. Oh, adorable! Yes. Yeah. Just love his spirit. Yes. Love his, you know, modesty and how adventurous he is. Yes. That he's he's got a little dog that he looks yes. after. He just ticks all my boxes. Wonderful. Him. Um my second one was Prince of Persia. I used to be obsessed with that video game. Oh sure. I love how well, I mean, come on, the physical stunts he could pull off. Yep. And again, I just love an adventurous soul, a yes. wandering soul. Yes. I'm trying to think of what other shows I've been really obsessed with lately. Um Maybe I'll put Zuko in there. He's cool. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, Second to last category is three films or TV shows that you would love to be able to sort of jump into and you're not reliving the plot. You just, it's just that world. Um, If you were a different guest, I would say an example is and commonly given Hogwarts. Not going to say that in this case, but that is certainly a place that frequently people decide they would go. So three places, again, like so it could be the world of Indiana Jones or it could be the world of Avatar or the world of Tintin or any Ooh, okay, anything we haven't okay. talked about yet. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to say I'm going to have to say either Korra or Avatar. I don't know. And let me say Korra. Yeah. Get some of that steampunk stuff in exactly. there. Exactly. I just with the, the style just goes up a level, doesn't yeah. it? It's incredible. Um, so that's one. And then another world one. Um oh I'm struggling with this one. Uh what are your ones? And maybe that will jog my memory, my mind. Well, sometimes I go back to like I do sort of go back to stuff that I loved when I was younger because I think I had that like almost like adrenalized response to imagining being able to go someplace. Like, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people say Star Wars. That's not for me. I probably wouldn't say that. Although, it's true that when I saw, like, Return of the Jedi, I definitely wanted to move to Endor immediately and live with the Ewoks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
Can I say a movie or it has to be a show? No, no, no. I said movie or TV show. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, movie or TV show. Oh, I'd love to go down to swap swap places with Little Mermaid. Oh, like, you know where the, sure. I mean, oh, that would be Under brilliant. Under the sea. Okay, yeah. Great. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, sorry, no, 100%. Usually I only say a movie, and for some reason I threw in TV show as an option. So you have one more, absolutely can be a movie, 100%. Mm. Again, I want to say somewhere in France, some Parisian, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what, is there any any really good French? Obviously there's a lot of amazing. Amelie? Oh, Amelie, perfect, that's it, done, thank you. Amelie. Yes. Oh, it's so funny, I'm reading a book because I... Ever since watching that movie, I've been like, yes, I want to be a waiter in Paris at some point. Yes. And I've always said I'd do it. But I'm reading this book called um, A Waiter in Paris at the oh, moment. Yeah? And it's grim. Oh. They are, it's a very hard <laughs> society. It's I like mean, a will. It's a, they're cruel it's a to each profession. Other. Yeah, it's very yeah. competitive. Um, yeah. But agreed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the first time going to France after Amelie existed, I was like, I must say near Sacre-Cœur, I need to be in Pigalle. Yeah. Like, I refuse to accept <laughs> anything that's not, like, a foot away from where that entire movie was shot. Like, mm, how close mm. to recreating this can I get? So Did good. you go to the cafe? No. <laughs> it's still there. That, it still looks it like was. it. Yeah. But or maybe it's a I, sports bar. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I would remember. <laughs> that's so unfortunate. I know. I, I don't know. want it to be a sports bar. Um, okay, great. All right. And then final category, let's do, see, I, I like want to give you sort of an altruistic, like amazing thing you can change, but then I, it'll stress you out to think about like, then you'll be like, oh no, why didn't I say end world hunger? So I'm oh, not going to give you anything oh. that big. That's too much pressure. It's too much pressure okay. for any one person as it, and it couldn't possibly. So, um, <laughs> so let's do... Let's do three alternate universe jobs where you sort of do have the chance to sort of dip in and be a teacher mm. if you want in this alternate universe or, you know, or, or be a, a waiter. But it's a great experience. Like somehow it's mm. a great experience. It's probably a lot more pleasant being one in like the south of France where everyone's just more chill. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so Hopefully. three alternate universe careers. And okay. by the way, it will be the emphasis on the positive. So I don't want you to have to think too much about you're not going to have a okay. whole lot of like the negative side of these careers as all careers have. Great. Um, I think this is an easy one because I often think about this. Great. I mean, but number one is, and I'm always just regretting, why did I not stick it out and try join the circus? Why did I discover this passion so late in life? Yes, I would love to be like a trapeze artist. I need to see. Circus. What I need is for Jean Genet to do a circus movie. You know <laughs> he could do an like a beautiful, magical Amelie at the Circus mm. starring you. That's what I would like to see happen. Thank so you. Let's get Me on too. That. <laughs> I'm going to get on that. <laughs> Internet, activate. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay, great. Second one? That one. Um, I actually often think I would love to be a makeup artist because I love touching people's faces. I know that's such a weird thing. but It's like, not. I feel the same way. You don't get, it's just not socially acceptable to touch people's faces. And of course not because, you know, skin, you don't want to get their skin dirty. But that's one of my favorite things about having a boyfriend. I'm like, wow, I get to just touch your face. It's I such love a, this. It's interesting. And also I love making people feel good about themselves, like just through whatever compliments, but also like I love the transformative effect of, you know, just a nice bit of makeup and color and how that can help make Absolutely. people feel really confident. Yeah, and side I note, it. I feel like that ties into, obviously, uh, cruelty-free cosmetics. It certainly also ties into the circus. I feel that mm-hmm. makeup plays <laughs> a very big part in the sort of yeah. fantasy of the circus. I love that. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and then final one. Um, let's see. Final job. Mm, I will say a waitress. Great. Uh, just as in I love that, um, and I've never done it, but that whole aspect of being a fly on the wall, overhearing conversations, <gasps> yes. running around, Slice flirting with customers. Yeah. Just sounds great. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, the final piece to this, so I will tell you um, what your 100% guaranteed alternate universe MASH future and existence is, uh, is for you to give me right. a word that sort of part, it could completely describe or partially describe um, kind of how you felt when you woke up this morning. Flustered. Great. Great. Okay. While I do this, um, I would love for you to tell people about the book and uh-huh. Every other thing you might want uh, people to be checking out. It doesn't even have to be your own stuff. If there's something that you're like, please check out this organization. They're doing great work. Or Ooh. just follow me on social media. I'll tell you all about what I'm working on and these organizations. Whatever you want. I'm just going to do this really quick. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so I wrote a book last year. Well, I published a book last year. It's my memoir. Um, turned into memoir. Well, it didn't start as a memoir. It was kind of like, I just want to... Uh, give all my thoughts on mental health and um, eating disorder recovery. And I also don't want to have to talk about it in interviews anymore. So that's yes. why I wrote the book. <laughs> all of this makes gorgeous sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's out there and I'm I'm happy with it. And it's kind of like, but it's funny. I don't feel like I want to keep on going on about it, promoting it. It, f- it feels like I, I just, I divulged or, or unburdened myself of that story. So that's yes. been really nice. And ever yes. since then, I've I've been like, you know what? I, I feel like I want to play. That's why I'm doing lots of circus and random jobs. So nothing especially to promote at the moment, unless the book calls to you. But I would right. say if it calls to you, because it's quite a heavy subject. Um, something I'm loving at the moment that just to give some love to is Eckhart Tolle's podcast. I don't know if you're into him. I, I, but, I have not listened to it yet, but I'm so glad you brought it up. Oh, he's just so lovely. And he's just got such a presence that calms me down. I really enjoy him. Um, uh, And I love his philosophy on life. I mean, there's a lot to it, but that everyone can only sort of be as good as their level of consciousness. So, you know, if somebody's cruel or unkind or whatever, it's you you kind of just, you you have to pity them. You have to show them humanity, like, kindness and everything um there's no point judging people I love all that um and another podcast I love is the blind boy podcast it's a an Irish sort of he's a writer host comedian he's very funny um very um vivid storyteller and um he wears a plastic bag on his head because he doesn't want to be famous he wants to have an anonymity but he wants to be a storyteller and yeah um he had a really interesting podcast lately where he he's in his i think mid-30s but he was diagnosed with um being on the spectrum and it was fascinating because he was kind of going back over all the points in his life where oh it would have been helpful to have had that diagnosis and yes. you know he was maybe being reprimanded by teachers by being neuro for being neurodivergent um so yeah, I just love podcasts like that where like psychology podcast, introspective when you're learning about yourself. Yes. So those are my two things I'm listening to a lot at the moment. Oh, wonderful. Okay, I got to dig into both of those. In the meantime, I do have this alternate universe all built out. I feel very good Great. about it. I think you'll be happy with it as well. Okay, first of all, I want to congratulate you for your beautiful house in London. Uh, <laughs> MASH stands for Mansion, Apartment, Shack or House. 
you got a house. Uh, it oh. is in London, a beautiful, beautiful home in London. Um, I want to I want you to know that it's not that the shelves are stocked with this because it's more magical than that. But whenever you want a perfectly tastes exactly like it's supposed to, but is absolutely vegan chocolate orange, you can have as many as often as you like. <laughs> zero ramifications to you or anyone else. Chocolate Pretty. orange it up. Chocolate orange <laughs> it up. Now, one thing I'll warn you is I'm not sure how well the chocolate orange is going to survive under the sea, under the sea, oh, under the we sea, went there. under the sea. But you can go there whenever you want. Um, uh-huh. You can just sort of appear there and be in that world and be with uh, all We're of... under the sea in London? No, you're under the sea inside of The Little Mermaid. Okay. So that's like a whole separate, I mean, basically you go into a cartoon world, which I think is kind of extraordinary. Mm-hmm. So you also have that. So it's like, oh, you have your, your home in London. You can also escape into uh, Ariel's world whenever you Best want. Best of both worlds. Why didn't Ariel have that? That's, you know what? <laughs> she should have and she you should never have to choose. And that is a <laughs> d- deep burden of the original tragic story of The Little Mermaid. Um, you also have, I love this combo. Actually, I love all of these three things together. So maybe I'll save Uh them. Um, I also want to congratulate you for your dynamic and enjoyable work um, as a server uh, somewhere, (laughs) perhaps in Paris, but it's the idealized version, the the version you you always wanted it to be. You have that. Um, I don't know if your beautiful singing voice comes into play, but I got to be honest with you. I do love, I love the music, uh, the musical waitress. Now I'm enjoying this idea of there being some sort of musical component to you being a surfer. Like, Every once in a while, I just burst into song. Uh, Mm. Whether you choose to do that or not, know that you could because you have a gorgeous voice and you do have this alternate career as a server. Um, And then that leaves us with this kind of amazing trio that I love so much, which is that you have this deep and abiding friendship with Aang. Oh, we would. Yes. But you also have this extraordinary relationship with your um, animal companion, a phoenix. And there's some romance happening with a certain redeemed prince, Zuko, who is essentially a phoenix personified, in my opinion. That's very true. So I love this. I love this this, uh, Avatar-heavy trilogy, again, that just the idea of the phoenix being... this like I've been through it, I've been burned, I've been scarred, and yet mm. I've risen, and I've you know, mm. and I'm and I'm I'm I'm, I'm taking Evie with me, but I also have, uh, you know, I've also got Aang and Zuko. I got plenty of room for <laughs> them too. BFFs. And they're yeah, BFFs, so out. it's yeah. kind of perfect. Um, oh. And so that's happening. That's your alternate universe uh, reality. So I hope that you enjoy all of that. And, Amazing! Um, Thank you for, so much for writing my next book. The premise is great. So very welcome. You're so very welcome. And I have easy. got to get on top of this circus movie that Jean Genet is going to do. So uh, I got a lot of work to do on my own side here. Uh, thank you so much, Evie, for doing the podcast. It's been so lovely chatting Thank with you. you. So much and... fun. Thank you for just your positivity and this idealism that oh, this game brings to life. It's kind of I'm a nice way to end. This is like, a little nice mm. kind of yeah. It's a it's a nice little freshening kind of feeling that you walk. Out of the mm, world with afterwards. Yeah, I'm glad like, you liked oh, it. what could tomorrow bring? That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. All right, everyone. Mm. Everyone, stay well. Take care of yourselves, and I will talk to you next week on the podcast. Mm. 
The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.